whether you eat or drink. Whatever you do. 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 Or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. Hello. Here we are. Welcome back. It is a new week. It's not... We didn't come back before. Last week, we said we were going to come back with joy after a quick break. That break was a week. (laughs) We we abandoned. So, that's okay. This is part two. We're trying to remember exactly where we left off from part one. You don't know. You should go back and listen to it. We should have gone back and listened to it too, but we didn't. We don't do that type of thing here. We don't really ever listen. The podcast, we don't even remember what we're called half the time. Yes. I love how every time you try to say whatever you It's because I always want to accidentally say a different podcast name. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, that's going to be real awkward if I call myself that (laughs) podcast. So every time it's like, you're on whatever you do. can't come back from that mistake so yes just so never I, have, make it. I have to like be very careful we don't know how to edit things out so <laughs> <laughs> whatever we say is stuck it's stuck so we thought we spent part one talking about joy's pregnancy and what that experience was like and thought we would talk on this episode about joy's birth story and which is what we were supposed to talk about last time. But that's time, okay. But we needed background. It I was important. Yeah. It was an important conversation to have before this conversation. Right. It would. There'd be a lot we'd have to go back and explain. <laughs> yes. And then that ep- this episode birth. would just be like four hours, and right. Tim would be real annoyed by that. <laughs> How so. long are you guys usually? An hour. Okay. Give uh, or take we, twenty minutes. Yeah. Anywhere. It doesn't matter. Too much. 40, 40 minutes. We're rarely to an forty hour minutes. And, we were a lot at the beginning. Yeah, but now we just got chatty. Yep. So oh, good. Yeah. I'm wearing my uh, brown town uniform today. Oh, tie dye. We don't have ours on though. No. Well, you have an almost. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what she I was wearing. She didn't make this one. She, yeah, <laughs> she's not wearing her tie dye shirt. She's wearing. <laughs> it really surprised. <laughs> I thought I was wearing something different. So. She visibly looked surprised when she just looked down at her clothing. Oh, I am wearing oh, oh, a tie dye shirt. on me? Where did this come from? Oh, I have a tie dye. Well, great. We'll have to take another picture. Show yeah. our tie dye that I'm not wearing. <laughs> Your tie dye. Yes. We'll um, see if we're that on top of things. Yeah. Being intentional to get two pictures for episodes in a row. Would be tricky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> With Poor specific joy. outfits, much less. Yes, yes. Um, Where do you want Joy to start? I feel so confused because we also had our new, what are we calling it? Culture of birth discussion group. And oh, I've had oh, so yeah. many birth thoughts floundering around in my yes, head me this too. past All week, week. Mm-hmm. that I feel like like did I talk about that with Abby or was that on the podcast or right was that yeah. just in my head and I haven't said that out loud at all yeah. or Maybe we'll bust back with Joy with a part three on all that. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but I do think one of my biggest underlying thoughts mm-hmm. that 
really goes along with this that I think Joy would probably agree with is I think where a huge part of the conversation has to start is that I think as a culture we have kind of bought into this idea that birth in and of itself is a medical event and it can become a medical event but I would say that where my biggest shift in ideology happened was when I stopped thinking that it just is a medical event the majority of the time. Right. And realize that it's actually just kind of a normal physiological event that happens, that God created to happen, that most often isn't medical and doesn't need to be in right. nature. Right. And so I think that's what I've been kind of working through and processing, and I don't think I'll ever have, I don't think you can have solid black and white answers. And I think that's part of the problem is that even among people who believe that, midwives and things, there's this desire, and you have to have some sort of standards, but it's like, how much do you keep those standards, make them these hard and fast lines where it's like, it's this number. Like, if you're under this number, then you're good. If you're over this number, then you're not. Or, like, what, what are the things that tip a normal non-medical event right pregnancy or birth into the category of now right needing that intervention Mm -hmm. and is can that be individualized can that be based on a particular person Mm -hmm. instead of based on this chart or these protocol right um so that's just a little bit of the underlying stuff in my head that i've been kind of where I think that I very much, before I had my first baby, thought you need to be at the hospital. Like right. this is, this is, you need doctors. Like that, you have to have a doctor to have a baby. Right. And well, and then you get to the point on the opposite end of the spectrum where you're kind of like, we've intervened so much. Like we intervene so much in our culture. It's hard to know. Like, once you intervene, like, how much does that change? Mm -hmm. Of course. So if we did really, if we had more examples of where it was just kind of a biological event Mm -hmm. and not a medical one, you know, you wonder how differently we'd think about Mm it. But that's the thing is that there are more of those cases than I think most of us know about because they just don't get talked about a lot. I mean, there's not, it's not the majority. Or, I mean, I just even know a lot of people who, by all accounts, by every, by all their tests and how everything's looking and their ultrasound and everything like that, and their age and their shape, like, they really should have a healthy, normal, uneventful pregnancy but even and you see birth. more and more people yeah birth, yeah pregnancy and birth and yet you see more and more people who sh- seem like they should have a normal uh, pregnancy and birth but they just they get induced for whatever reason or their baby's too small or too big or too whatever so I feel like because I feel like I barely know anyone who just went in and was just left alone like I don't think I've heard a story I, I don't I, think I've heard anyone ever say happen, like they just leave me but alone not 
I feel like in those stories, if they get left alone, it's because they really ask to like, be left alone. Push, yeah. And because all of their numbers... But even then, you have are... to fit the protocol for them to even right. think about leaving you alone. Right, exactly. Like, I was going to say, you have to be... They, they're like... Everything it's like is a picture perfect of like all the numbers mm-hmm. and everything is happening just according to the way they want it to happen and everything. And right. even then, I mean, I have you ever heard of anyone, I guess maybe somebody who, well, have you ever heard of anyone going into the hospital and not having any cervical checks? Unless they like enter the hospital doors and give birth in the lobby because they just didn't make it any further in the process. But like, I feel like if you were to walk into triage... Right. They won't admit you without doing a cervical check. That's like a hospital policy. So you can't be admitted. You can't get... So maybe if you went to triage and didn't like... The nurse hadn't got around to Checking coming you to get you birth in the triage right. room because then, yeah, but you can't be admitted without a check, right? So yeah, so I mean, even right there, and some people would argue, well, that's not really an intervention, but it it is. Well, yeah, I, I mean, think it there, changes things. I think and, there, yeah, are inter- interventions that are have less. Right. They have less effect. An intervention than, where they're like, we're going to schedule your C-section. Right. Is a bigger intervention than, can I do a cervical check? Right. But to, I think that, yeah, the point is just that if you consider every little thing mm-hmm. an intervention, then it's, then it's hard to look and see. Like, every little moment where we intervened, it's the more, and the more you do the little interventions, right, it's, like, it's hard like, to know so why. Right, because it's like, so that mom... Spikes a fever later on and they're concerned about an infection. Well, how many of the times... It's probably not a super great amount of time, but how much of the time is it because of cervical checks that now... Yeah. If they hadn't had those, they might not have had a fever later on and they might not... Right. You know. Mm -hmm. They don't... They're not really keeping track of the impact of each individual intervention they make. So there's not really any research. I don't think you can. Right. Because they're so... Especially when you're, they have so many, well, you know, and there are people that think leaving your home is an intervention. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like you kind of start out the process and um, it's just not something we have a lot of uh, research on because it's it's not that interventions are wrong. No. Like there's a time and a place for them. Yeah. um, When they're necessary. But I think the point you're making, Danny, is that when we look at birth, in and of itself as unmedical. It's just a biological, physiological thing that we go, like, that happens, then there is a much, there can be a much different outcome because then you're deciding upon each and every intervention that you choose to have. Right, right. um, And making those informed consent decisions versus if you're viewing it as a medical event, then... You're welcoming in all of the interventions as necessary, quote unquote. Right. I mean, like we've talked about, what are some other of some other biological, just like physiologic, normal events that that can turn medical? We've talked about like conceiving a baby, right? That can like not go right. That can not or happen. Not happen naturally. And right. Well, or well, I mean, even like having a period is very biological but for some right. people it requires just because of issues that they have or mm-hmm. and even know. apart from that like eating we eat every day but can you 
choke on your food and right. require like help, yes, or right. But do you then just the help everyone? Right. Like do some people have to have like colostomy bags and do you, you put, tubes you put and, a yes. feeding tube on all your kids so that they never choke, just right. to make sure. Do you, or do you give every kid who's born a spinal tap just to make sure they don't have? meningitis like do you you do IVF on everyone to make sure that the baby gets planted in the uterus and doesn't become an atopic pregnancy right yeah so these sound really drastic but that's the point is that there was a really long time where there weren't OBs and there weren't it wasn't the automatic thing that everybody goes to the hospital to have their baby and we turn it into... And every week you check your blood pressure Mm -hmm. and every week you... What, you know, whatever, X, Y, Z. But, and, and I think part of the problem in that is that we've taken away moms being able to be the ones to decide how they're feeling. Right. Because Mm -hmm. there are definitely times that you aren't feeling well and that you need to get help in some way but i've even seen it go the other direction where a mom goes in really not feeling well and saying something is wrong and they look at all the numbers on their charts and oh your blood pressure's like you're fine and it's like we've stopped listening and Mm -hmm. we've stopped going to that as the primary source right well how are you like Having the doctor come in and sit down and say, how are you feeling this week? What right. What are some things? This is one or of the major what is your Like, what is your understanding of what is going to happen? <clears throat> mm-hmm. I feel like that's a really helpful question that's been given to me by a doctor. Like, I want to know, instead of just me feeling like he assumes I'm an idiot because I'm not a doctor, he's asking me to reiterate What's what, gonna happen? Like so, based off of what you collected, the information you collected, what do you think is going to happen right now? You know, and then they can clear up any misconceptions, or they can be like, "Huh, yeah, you you perfectly understand what's happening." So maybe if you want to change what we're about to do or amend it in some way, then maybe you know you're aware and making good decisions, so we can let you do that. Right. Or at least let's see how it goes. Like let's come back and check in an hour or whatever the whatever the case is, you know. Right. But so I think we had gotten to close to the end of your pregnancy. Yeah, I think we can probably I mean, I guess we can probably just sort of jump into the actual event. Well you and then it'll... I think it is important to note that you had made the decision near the end of your pregnancy as you were going through all of this to kind of have dual care yeah um well yeah at a certain point i was really i was like breaking down as you were losing trust in the process yeah and i was just constant i just felt like every time when i I say losing trust in the process i mean the process of the the doctors in the hospital in their system not the process of you giving birth every time i would feel i would be confident and i would be um like trusting in god and be like okay like this is the way we're gonna do it and then i would go to an appointment and be filled with fear and so it was very hard for me but fear that you were having trouble having them like it felt unsubstantiated well yeah and it but it was like 
but then there were certain fears I was having. There's always that like, well, am I doing the wrong thing? Should I just do what they say? <clears throat> and, and, and I would answer that question for myself. I would take myself through all the data again and all my reasoning and everything and talk it through. And I'd be like, no, that is why I'm making the decisions that I'm making to wait, to not be induced. Um, and I would just, I would leave every single appointment, which at this point was two times a week I made. And so two times a week I was getting an ultrasound. I was getting a non-stress test and I was doing 20, a 24 hour urine collection. So I had two appointments plus one lab every week, all on separate days. So this like became my full-time job, just the emotional and mental process of all of it too. Well, it was just to get them to trust me. Right. I was doing three tests every week saying as long as I'm feeling fine and the numbers don't indicate anything dangerous I'm not being induced Mm -hmm. and I did as many tests as they wanted me to do and they still didn't they still continued to they would have doctors come in and talk to me um, as if I just like didn't know enough and that's why so they needed someone to come change my mind or whatever as far as I'm concerned my answers wouldn't, my questions wouldn't be answered or like I tried to, I tried to bring up sort of the correlation between, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on the most obvious, (laughs) what is wrong with me? (laughs) My brain, um, the contraction drug. Pitocin? Pitocin, yes. I was like, pee, what? But I was only thinking, I don't know, I couldn't think. Anyway, okay. (laughs) So I was talking about, I was trying to ask a doctor, like, so you're already monitoring me because my blood pressure has gone slightly higher. Mm -hmm. But if I go in and get induced and at some point end up taking Pitocin because I'm in a very vulnerable state and you guys have told me it's what's best, Mm -hmm. doesn't Pitocin have a pretty high likelihood of making my blood pressure go up? And she was like, no, Pitocin doesn't make your blood pressure go up. And I was like, well, but because it's incredibly painful to have Pitocin but no epidural, um, would the pain make my blood pressure go up? And she was like, well, yeah. And I was like, so kind of doesn't Pitocin make your blood pressure go up? Mm -hmm. Like, not in a direct way, but isn't my point correct? And she was just like, well, yeah. But then you you can just get an epidural. Right. And so it was just kind of... I don't know. I, st- I The whole time I just felt like they thought I was an idiot. They didn't get it. So I didn't really, I wasn't really wasting my time too much trying to, um, you know, like defend myself in the mm-hmm. end. But I just showed up for the test. And honestly, the tests were for me too. I If something, it's not, <sighs> I wouldn't do it again this way. But because I was going there and then feeling fear and all this stuff and trying to make all these decisions, um... I'm happy that I had uh, information Mm -hmm. on kidneys, liver, that kind of thing. So I think... Well, and I can tell you that from the other side of things, when you... There there have been times where I've been faced with, I would really like to be able to get this test or get these numbers for myself because I am feeling a little unsure. Yeah. But... Also understanding that it, depending on the route I go to get that information, I could be locking myself into more uh, either 
Either more intervention or more obvious going against what right. is the standard. So you're having to choose less care over care that you have control of. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which is not good. Right, because there's it gets hard to find people and places and ways to get the data without them then having control over making some of the decisions for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's always a tricky part of like, well, what if I just want to get my own labs done? And what if I just want to get my own ultrasound done? Well, and if you have, like, if you have a midwife, you have a professional that can read results and... But it puts the... But that's the thing about right, a licensed provider in a licensed a midwife. Yeah, also, where she can't. So uh, I've had to have treatment. talks with, like, when I hire a midwife of, you know, if it gets down to a decision that I'm making that it isn't a decision you can really let me make and still be my care provider. Right. Like, we need to both have the understanding that if I choose to continue to walk on the path I want to go without you that it's not necessarily personal it might just be because I'm not willing to conform to whatever the standard is that's on paper that may be necessary for someone else but it might not be what I think is best for me and my baby yeah so it it gets it it's hard because it's like on one hand you had access to those tests and those gave you reassurance, right. but it's also the same avenue you're able to get all of those things done is the avenue in the first place that's giving you the fear, right? And the, the fear worry. that you have to get them done and you have to continue to yeah. get them done all the time, right? And you have to become like a slave to the data that your body is pumping out. But But, um, in this whole thing, you decided to get co-care with uh, a birth attendant who would help you think through some of this stuff, too, and be available in the event that you went into labor so that you had options. Right. So that if I... If things were progressing and I decided I just don't want to go, then... And I think that's really important to bring up because of the fact that so many women get to that point in their pregnancy and might start to have doubts or questions and feel trapped and think, well, next time. Right. And it's like, well... There's nothing wrong with... And Danny, you were really encouraging and just being like, now you have a choice. Like, you have the option you know, if you like now, you know that that place in your brain that continues to be scared that you're going to wind up in this place you don't want to be in the hospital doing things you don't want to do, the place in you that is being fearful in that way, just tell that place like you don't have to go. Right. You know, and or if honestly, you stay, if you say decide you want to stay and then you decide you want to go, the super then you crazy just go. part <laughs> is that really I think what most women would feel surprised to learn is that every single woman has that choice. Right. Until they give birth. Right. Even without hiring a backup midwife and right. even without getting a birth pool and even with, I mean, right. but it's so foreign to us. It's so like that you could just give birth yourself. Nobody right. understands that. Like if you just went into labor and waited long enough at your house and didn't go to the hospital, right. like you would have the baby right at your house. Mm-hmm. Like, 
There doesn't have to be a professional there for the, the baby time. to come out. Ninety-nine percent of the time, there's going to be literally zero complications, and the baby's just going right. to come out. And I mean, is it going to hurt? And you're going to have to go through that process. Yes, but it's not like it's just always amazing to me when people are so surprised. Like, well, who delivered the baby? And it's like the baby came out literally. Right. Your body and your baby are working together to do the process. Right. Like, the doctor's not actually making your baby come right. out. And there was no, like, science didn't inform the female anatomy. Right. Like, hey, let's try this to see if we can procreate. <laughs> like, right. it, we were made that way. Mm-hmm. And it's really amazing um, how your body completes this whole process and I mean I would even say that most a lot of ladies probably don't understand even everything that goes into it or in terms of like what your what your uh, uterus does versus your cervix I would venture to say that the majority of women from just talking to people don't clearly understand the anatomy of the female body Totally. I mean, that's unfortunately true as well. Yes. Like, don't understand what your uterus is, what your cervix right. is, what the amniotic sac is, what right. a placenta is. Like, right. Uh, I mean, and these are pretty basic things that if if women were from the time that they were girls being growing, like, I have confidence that my daughters are going to know what your uterus is and and what's happening your cervix is and what a placenta is and like they've watched this process they've watched me give birth yeah and i think that that used to be more normal that girls weren't just around when their moms and when their sisters and when their aunts and when their cousins were giving birth it was just more normal to be right now it's like a very private event and well, you have to be in a when hospital. When you say private, I mean, yeah. Well, like private, private you have the normal people. You have to leave away. Like, right, you have to but go, then leave you your could house. have as many medical students oh, yeah. or nurses or random strangers right. you've never seen before be there yep. as and they, they decide in the moment. Shift every twelve hours. I've definitely heard of women who had no idea. Were not even asked if they could be if it could be like a teaching birth that have had, like. Oh. Like students come in as they're giving birth, and they're like, "Oh, is it all right to have these students here to watch?" And it's like, in that moment, are you gonna be like, "No, get them all out"? I mean, right. you don't even know the doctor half the time. Right. It's so. No, the midwife that ended up being at my actual birth was the one like in the practice that I hadn't Men. rotated with. <laughs> But, um, I don't, okay, yeah, so, um. So choice, you have choices. Right. Just remember that, yes, people. yeah. You absolutely do. Um. I can't wait really to hear your crazy. birth story. I was at your <laughs> you birth. You were there. <laughs> and yet, I don't think I've ever heard you or read anything you've written. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've also, ever, Also, like, I wasn't at your birth, but 
I have to actively to <laughs> remind myself that your birth wasn't when I attended because I was on the phone with Abby so much of it. Uh-huh. That, and I was so emotionally invested in the whole thing. Yeah. Well, you guys will have to tell your side, like, as I go. Okay. Or if I say something, you're like, wow, I had no idea that was all also, that part of the story. I think went. I've told you this before. It's like breaking my hands sweat a little bit because... <laughs> Do you also know that we were watching A Quiet Place during your labor? Like, that... Danny was. I was, like, oh. texting Abby, and so it was, like... I, Very like, suspenseful. I, like, have, you know, because there's, like, the birth scene in that movie. Have yeah. you seen it? Mm-hmm. So, I'm, like... She's giving birth in the tub. I will always have the, like, suspenseful, like, emotions of that That's so happening as a very much a part of what I feel mm-hmm. like here. Because your, your birth story was a little bit suspenseful anyway, but yeah. then I was... Pairing it with this, watching like, an actual quiet, suspenseful and like texting Abby and like watching and like ah, just gonna burst. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. So, um, well, so after doing my testing and my lab and all that, I think we had there was one week where I had like some elevated uh, protein in my urine mm-hmm. but it was like right at the the very very bottom, bottom of the range of for high preeclampsia right. yeah so they told me i had preeclampsia and um i made the decision that because i had no my liver was showing no signs of anything and i had very um small like or you know i was on the very very low i was my the number was where the the spectrum like starts right so it's the absolute lowest you can go um to be diagnosed with preeclampsia and so i was like well i'm just gonna keep and honestly normally at least from what i feel like i hear of other people they usually don't just take that one individual thing and diagnose you with preeclampsia. Right. I think right. They, it is a combination of yeah. So because you had had elevated blood pressure at other visits, but you didn't currently have elevated blood pressure when yeah, you there got was, that number. There was a bunch of times but it was, when I had normal blood pressure readings. But it was like they were trying to couple a blood pressure reading from another time. It's honestly, with, they diagnosed you in their minds with preeclampsia right. before they ever got that test. Right, yeah. Like, so when so, they got when they saw the 300, they were pleased to walk in and mm-hmm. say, well, you have it. Here we go. And yes. then I still said, I'm just going to continue to wait because I'm doing another urine collection. Stop peeing in the jug. And so you guys can let me know. At this point, at that point, I think I was about 39... Yeah, 39 weeks. Mm-hmm. And so then I did another urine collection, did my non my ultrasound and then my non-stress test. And at the non-stress test, she was like, uh, my the protein levels had jumped from 3 to 500. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that was when I was like, okay, well, this whole time I've been saying, like, if the numbers tell me that I need to be worried, then will react like at so, this right. point now yeah. it's a it was an active moving up right yeah and you were almost to your due date right which at was this, a huge yeah. thing for you right that you... yeah so i was like at this point i mean i still didn't want to be induced but i was like i feel like at this point 
an induction, if I'm induced, my body is more likely to just be like, okay, we're doing this now instead Mm -hmm. of three to four weeks early. Right. Being like, wait, what are you trying to make me do? Like, um, which is why the C-section rate is so high when you go so early to be induced. Um, or it's probably one of the reasons, but it is a reason. Um, but so we scheduled, so that was a Friday. We scheduled an induction for the morning that she ended up being born. Um, Which is the next day. Yeah, the very next day, early, early in the morning. So we had, I had to call them at like 6 a.m. and check in. And then we had to be there by 7.30 or something mm-hmm. like that. So they called me really early, like 5, I think. And they were like, hey, we're still full up. So we'll just call you. For your very serious medical induction, it's been so <laughs> I was like important. Oh for yeah, all these you, weeks. yeah. You're like you've been trying to practically rush me into an induction on a gurney, and here we are. And for some reason, <laughs> it's safe to for me to be home now. To come. <laughs> um, but uh, which we laugh about that, but it's so true, right? Yeah, that it's like. You've been fighting and fighting yeah. and telling them, I just want to wait a little bit longer. And they've been making you feel like you are killing right. your baby right. doing yeah. that until yeah. now they've got too many moms. So right. we'll just call you when we're ready. Yeah. And, and, and they were like, it could be tomorrow. Right. And I was like, okay, all right. So the whole time, the whole night before that, Matthew ended up taking the day off work and we were like, okay, so we're being induced tomorrow. Let's have one last day without a baby or any kids or anything. And um, that whole time, that whole night, I just kept thinking, like, man, I wish that I would just get there and already be in labor. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish that by the time they call me, I was already just in labor headed right that way, you know? And so um, I had been thinking that most of the night. They called and put me off and then I Abby called me it was a very I felt very unsure about this call and she was just like we already talked I called you I texted you saying I wanted to call Joy and then we talked on the phone me and Danny and I was like do you think I should call Joy to say I think I I think I called Julie right after I called did we know that she already had been had she already updated us that she hadn't gone in for the yes she had texted me that when I said like I'm praying for you you're probably on your way to the hospital or something and she said like oh no they they delayed it and that was when I was like I need to tell her about this I need to call her I've been up all (laughs) night thinking about yeah yeah okay well so Abby calls me and she's like okay so as someone who has recommended this before but would never recommend it again because of like how your beliefs and Mm -hmm. birth philosophy has changed um you were just you were like I was talking to Danny and I was talking to Julie and I'm just thinking like what if you were like already in labor by the time they call you and I was like "Uh uh-huh yeah I was like I'm thinking the same thing all night um and you're like, well, so for any other circumstance, like I would not recommend this, but because of your circumstances, I am going to say, have you thought maybe about taking castor oil Uh and basically inducing yourself? Yeah. Because that, well, and that's where like, obviously, um, like I, 
I did get induced. Right. But I did it on my terms. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in a that just shows that obviously I do there is a moment where I believe you should intervene mm-hmm. in so, whether it's and in I an extreme way or that in, we also believe right. that there's a moment in which you mm-hmm. should intervene right. that right. you should have those options and but that. I don't feel when I say I don't recommend this to other in any other situation I mean any other situation of like someone just wants to be done being pregnant well, right. it's my due date yeah. today and I have right. a baby now I'm going to take castor be, oil because, because there's risks I, to it because I had sort of because I had like altered the trajectory that we were going in yes. because I had scheduled the induction and we were kind of like at this point, like, okay, we're locked into right. doing well, this sometime soon. And honestly, you had some amount of, you had a reason for doing that. Right. right. If you had said, right. well, I got my labs back and they're still at 300 and I still feel completely the same, but they're just house. And I'm probably going to give birth in five days, you know, then that would have been a different story. We probably would have been saying, you know, you really still don't have to be induced. Right. Like, like, can you do an... I mean, I feel like you were already at the point that you would have said, like, well, let's do another... Like, right. the numbers aren't right. changing. And I think it's so, just important to acknowledge that taking castor oil is an intervention. Right. It yeah. is an induction. We're not, yeah, we're not... Um, and that there are risks to it. Right. That Joy was fully aware of. Right. But we, when we talked it out and when we had the conversation, I, I was saying like the risks of taking this feel smaller than the risks of going in and just right. plugging yourself into Patricin. Right. Especially based off of my interactions already right. with the providers. Yeah. Right. And, and honestly, I felt like the problem child and I was the problem child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, the being in the hospital afterwards revealed to me that they had definitely taken note of some mm-hmm. things I had said in my chart. Yeah. Um, because there were people who I'd never met that knew things about me that, yeah. uh, like for instance, at one of our last appointments when Matthew said that we had hired a home birth midwife for co-care, that was definitely written down in my chart. Oh. Um, because they knew about that and I didn't tell anybody about it. So, um... But anyway, uh, so I take, I did a castor oil shake. Uh-huh. It was disgusting. Yes. It was the worst thing I've ever eaten. Uh-huh. You specifically recommend do not use your favorite ice cream flavor mm-hmm. when you drink it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can literally taste it yeah. still mm-hmm. in my mouth right now in this yeah. very moment from yeah. Ruben's birth. Like, I just can, like, feel it. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, it's bad. But, um... So then... It's so funny because I wonder... I've never taken castor oil uh-huh. because... This is, like, making me feel nauseous. <laughs> but I wonder how... Because Abby knows, I... No. I don't have problems with I'm, like, things. salivating right now. I don't, I don't have, like... I'm not... You don't um, have... I'm not just I'm being not a baby, Danny. I never know. I never I'm definitely, know. I'm like, def- supplements are all easy yeah, going. I definitely food. don't have any... I mean... I mean, Someone, if you think about it, the whole way it's supposed to work is to, like, upset your GI system. Right. So, clearly it's something that bodies aren't right. super... Yeah. I mean, and that's the only reason people take it otherwise. Like, right. oh, you need... You're constipated. You need to clear right. out. Or Yeah. But, yeah, no, I don't... I was talking this with somebody somewhat recently, and they said, like, oh, I had bad food here. Like, it was gross or whatever. And I was like, I can't think about the last time that, like, I had food 
somewhere that I thought was so bad that I could. I'm just not very picky when it comes to uh-huh. food. I'm not like flavor, but this is it's really not pleasant. Yeah. And then of course you was well because it can cause. Um, well, and when you just think about the end of pregnancy anyway, and you're like right, heart, yourself. you're like heartburny, and yeah. your stomach's like yes. folded into nothing, yeah. and so you're trying to like. I had pregnancy and just carpal tunnel and my like <laughs> forearms were numb <laughs> and I was just yeah anyway okay so, so you drink the shake I drink it and um, this is at I think I drank it at like 11 11 30 and you told me to drink it I think then rest then like walk around for an hour yeah you run mm-hmm. you yep you so I, try not to throw up for yeah. a while and then you force yourself to stand up and move around um Abby's so, always doing that with a puke bucket mm-hmm. she walks so around. i did not yep. throw up but that is a warning again we're not recommending this for just any reason yes. random situation um but yeah it does make people the idea is that it makes everything contract down Mm -hmm. in your abdomen so um you but some people also vomit Mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily the most pleasant and i can i didn't vomit but i can confirm it is not the most pleasant of sensations and i even think some of my like digestion stomach pain was me like clearing out the castor oil well like having like contractions but i just they weren't they weren't so severe enough yeah Yeah. they just felt like the worst poop pains of my life Mm -hmm. um which i will say that that can be common even without castor oil oh okay you can think you just are having like like have to go to the bathroom really bad really like because especially because it's similar in that like where it'll like be really bad and you and then it will like let up for right and you're like it's like cramping but then it like happens again and you're like oh and you go to the bathroom (laughs) right and your body is normally clearing out for labor and stuff so but this just intensifies it yeah a lot well and so and you know at the time i don't looking back on it i think i have a much clearer view of that because of the time i was like oh i've just never had so much like stomach pain that i just like I've never had such bad diarrhea that I wanted to just be in the shower all the time. Like, like <laughs> duh. Okay, I know that's a little bit crass. But, like, and looking back on that, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't normal. That was, like... You were in that labor. Was, yes, yes, I was. Yeah. And so, um... So, I was in and out of the shower a lot. And by the time I actually was thinking... By the time my contractions were, like, starting to take my breath away or like I was in the shower and I would just be like I would be you like slept for a while didn't you? I did sleep for like 45 minutes and then I walked for like an hour and then I would kind of just lay down and like drink water we had ordered some food um and the, <laughs> the place we ordered from had we ordered uber eats and the place we ordered from had like changed their entire menu. Oh. So I'm having mild contractions and 
my stomach is upset and this girl is messaging me and she's like, they don't have that. They don't have that either. They don't have that either. And so at one point I was like, Matthew, you just have to take care of this. Like, and then she couldn't find her apartment and all this stuff. Wow. Um, it was just, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not in a position to, to talk to you, Uber Eats girl. I'm so sorry. But, um, but so then we like ate a little something. I didn't really eat a lot. Um, and like I said, just in and out of the shower, the, I was taking a shower and it got to the point where I had a few contractions where I was like, ow, like that, that hurt. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, that hurt and it hurt for a longer time. It was contractions. Yes. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to start timing them. Mm -hmm. So I started timing them and they were like... I wish I had, like, pulled up my our messages or something. I'm pulling up our messages right now. I think you had said at, like, 5.57 that you got... did she did she take it at 11? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it was, like, 11, 11.30. It was... It was about... Yeah, 11.30. Okay. Um, but it was Then you six. took a nap. At, like, 3.45, you texted me saying that you were going to take a nap. And then at okay. 6, you texted me saying, I'm going to start timing the contraction. Some are less severe than others. And then um, I asked if you got a nap. You said you had a little one. But it seems like they are really close together. Yeah. So I started timing them, and they were really close to... They were, like, 40 seconds to a minute long. Mm-hmm. And I think they were, like... You said three minutes, two to three minutes apart. I woke, I woke to cramping, but now they're like really regular. Like I feel like I'm not timing them right. So then I'm like, I text you back like, well, you're gonna time them from like the start of one contraction to the start of another. I'm like, maybe you should download an app, thinking like which you is, have an app, which is what I was doing, and I had an app. But yes, they That's were just so, so close yes. together because that I was I had like, a, there's another person that did the exact same thing <laughs> that I was like. It was her first baby also, and she yeah. texted me and was like, I don't think I'm doing this right. And I'm like, right. well, do you have an app? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, then you can't be doing okay, it wrong. Well, just hit just start. start when you have one, and then the next time you have one, you press start again. And she's like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah. Okay, well. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, and it was soon after that time. message, Matthew calls called me yeah. and was like, said so he said something like... Um, so they're really close. Joy wanted me to call you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I had been like on waiting on edge like all day right. of like whenever you wanted me to come. But I was like, okay. Or if. And, like, right. Right. But right. I was just like, so she wanted you to call me. Well, I was just and like, is this? I was like, I can't be doing this. They can't yeah. be this close together already. Because I just started, like I was, I was getting through them, but they just weren't like, taking my breath away and then all of a sudden they were and I was like okay these must be like real mm-hmm. contractions you know right um you just thought you had a long process in front of you right yeah but so side note the hospital still hasn't called and it's yeah. 6 p.m yeah and they I think at one point Matthew called them and they were like yeah it may even be tomorrow or the next day and so it was just right you know it yeah. is what it is but um so yeah, I had Matthew call you and I was like, she has to come over here because I can't be doing this right. This can't possibly be like progressing mm-hmm. to this like already. Right. And uh, 
Because there was even one point where you had talked about like a second dose of the mm-hmm. castor oil. Yeah. And at one point I was like, should I take the second dose? <laughs> and, yeah. and that's when I was like, maybe you should take a nap first. And yeah. then you decided to do that. Yeah. Which was great. I'm so glad I did not take the second dose. Yeah. Because um, everything was progressing just fine. But um, I do remember. So I remember my late it was very intense um and then my water broke and so i was just kind of like dealing with the contractions as they came you were there but when yes, that happened i you, got there you got there like just as my water broke no i had been there for probably 20 minutes okay before your water broke yeah she was, and i had asked you I had asked you then if you wanted me to, to have Julie come over and, like, oh, check yeah. your blood pressure and listen to heart tones. Right. And that was before your water broke. And you said yes. And right. so I was texting with Julie, having Julie come right. over. Yeah. And I do remember, at one point I remember this being, I was like, this is so painful. Like, I'm going to throw up. Mm-hmm. And then I did throw up. <laughs> um, and, uh... But other than that, like, I just remember, like, having some contractions, the throwing up. I went to the bathroom at one mm-hmm. point. Was the throwing up before or after her water broke? Or it was after. After, after yeah. yeah. And you were texting me all of this, I was too, texting you, like, like, throwing up, wh- water, water broke, broke thro- she's sounding a little pushy, Julie's not here yet, and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. And then, I, then I'm, like, trying to ask Matthew, like, where is, like, did you guys have any home birth supplies? Like, a chest yeah. pad? Mm-hmm. Like, something? Because I'm thinking, like, I don't know if we're going to the hospital or not, but, like, right. I need some towels. Right. I need some kind yeah. of supplies if Julie's well, luckily, not going to make it. Luckily, Julie had, uh, when I, uh, she had, like, recommended some things, you know, things, like a list of things to get. And I hadn't got all of them just because it was a little shorter notice, but I had plenty of Chuck's pads yeah. and we still have some in the car, I think. <laughs> um, but, uh, so Julie came, checked on everything. My blood pressure had gone up. Granted, I was like about to have a baby. Right. If I had stayed home, I probably would have had her within yes. Yes. half an hour to an hour. Like, it yeah, would have probably sure. been a lot I was quicker. definitely not feeling confident we were going to make it to right. the hospital. But I was in a lot of pain, and so I was just like, I don't... At that moment, and which is what exactly what I knew would happen, in that moment, I would not want to make a decision. decision. And, yeah, and I wouldn't be thinking through it and all this stuff. And so I just, like, told Matthew, like... You make the call. Whatever you want to do is what we'll do. And so he said, let's go to the hospital. Um, I think at that point, I think, I don't remember my blood pressure read, but I mean, it doesn't really matter. Um, So we drove. It was the worst thing ever. Driving in labor was not fun at all. Um... Every time we applied our brakes, apparently Abby thought we were going to be I pulling into a parking lot. I was lot driving behind you thinking like, and I was on the phone with Danny, yeah. like, they're not going to make it. So I don't know what we're doing here, but we're, this is just dumb. Parking lot, baby. So like every time you would be like driving and like Matthew would touch his brakes, I'm like, okay, here we go. Like we're stopping. And it was like, we were hitting every light. I had my yes. eyes open and I was like... We would, so I would have a contraction and then we'd stop and I'd open my eyes and I'd be like, okay, we're at baseline. And then I'd cl- have a contraction and I'd close my eyes and, and I was like, now we're at Guadalupe. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. no. And I was like, I need to shut my eyes. I was like, I'm not going to open my eyes again until, like, until for, like, a few more contractions go. Because it was just, like, 
it was awful to see yes. it to see us getting just, just a only little. a little further <laughs> yes. for the amount of pain that I was in. Yeah. And so then we we parked, we walked up. I had a few contractions. I would maybe like four contractions on the way up. Three. Yeah, I would say probably um, three. I had a contraction like as soon as we got into the doors mm-hmm. of labor and delivery. And but it was like so quiet in there. It was late. This is probably nine o'clock. Yeah. Nine somewhere between nine born? and nine thirty, like ten fourteen, I think. Ten thirty. Okay. Then yeah. I know I thought it was like forty five minutes yeah. Yeah. after we got okay. to the hospital. So So yeah, so 9:30. like not yeah. Um and they're like asking me to fill out their little registration paper uh-huh. and I'm having a contraction and blah 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 Matthew's like um I'll take care of that yeah and then they were like uh your friend can go wait in the waiting room and if we decide to keep you then she can like come back to your room and so it's like okay so they take me into triage Abby is nervously waiting out in the I yeah, like they room. kick me out and I'm just yeah. like oh, she's gonna have the baby like there's just right. no if the, they keep her are you right. kidding me yeah. yeah so I don't know if they just thought like I was being dramatic or I'm sure they I in their defense I'm sure they have oh yeah a bunch of ladies walk in like that and yes. it's and they're like one centimeter yeah exactly and, yeah yes um especially first time right like yes you know but um but I knew where I was at. I was yes. like, this has got to be happening very soon. Because I remember people talking about um, transition and kind of like a good sign of that is that like you're thinking like, I can't yeah. do this. I can't physically like, right. do this. If I have to do this for more than like a right. little bit longer, I I think I might die. It was yes. when we were walking, uh-huh. we were walking through the hospital and I was like, am I going to cave and like get an epidural? And which... I'm not saying cave for me. I'm not talking about anybody else's epidural. I didn't want one. Yes. But in the moment, I was like, I can just make this all go away. Is that going to be too appealing to me? Like, yeah. you know? Um, and so they, I lay down in the triage bed and I'm like laying down and trying to like hold the back, but I'm reclined. So I'm trying to hold the back of this gurney and like pull and like, squeeze when I'm having contractions just to give myself some, some sort of outlet. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So my arms are back here and they're like asking me my mailing address. And <laughs> I'm just having contractions. They're like putting stuff on my face and they're like, uh, can I just get your hand really quick? So they put an IV in both of my hands and they're already talking about an emergency C-section. Because of your blood pressure. Yeah, because my blood pressure is high because I was about to have a baby. Yeah. Not because I was going to have start having seizures or anything yeah. like that. Um, and so I'm just, it was that at that moment that I was like this, the best way for me to put it was that like we were speaking two different languages. So I'm mm-hmm. just going to do what I would have to do if I was in a country where I literally didn't speak the same <laughs> language as the people, yeah. which is just stop acknowledging them and like go into birth land and I was like, okay, so the contractions are here, but they don't last forever. So during the contractions, it really sucks. And then, like, just relax. Like, when you have a chance to not be contracting, yeah, 
just try to enjoy that as much as possible because you know it's not going to last but you also know that the contraction isn't going to (laughs) last and so but this whole time they're like saying all this stuff and doing all this stuff and Matthew was like he was like I don't like really know what they're saying or talking about and so I am just gonna like follow your lead but if if there is like something that's absolutely no just say no and it doesn't require any like I'll back you up whatever you say you know um and so I said yes to a few things he had tied like a like a bandana around my forehead. <laughs> it was one of those like cool cloth things, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Not like an actual bandana. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm like, oh. You, know, you gotta, <laughs> you do that you gotta represent. Like, you gotta like represent. Tuck a washcloth into it? Or like... <laughs> no, it had, yeah, it was like a chilly towel. He gotcha. had wet and like put okay. around my forehead. Okay. And, but so it was still on there and it really wasn't that cool anymore, but it was like lowering down onto my eyes and then they had put an oxygen mask on me. <laughs> And in a way, I didn't didn't immediately throw the oxygen mask off because, yeah, it just, like, made my face nothing. Mm -hmm. And so it made it easier for me to just shut my eyes, which were now mostly behind a bandana, (laughs) and just, like, pretend nobody else was there. Yeah. So, um, there, we're still in triage. Somebody finally thinks to check me. And I'm at nine centimeters and they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> like they, they didn't think that the whole time. They didn't right. think I was as far along as I yeah. was. Um, and then I said, I remember saying, I really feel like I need to push because I started having a few. Yeah. There were some contractions where I was like, I can actually sort of relieve this pain, but it's by pushing uh-huh. and like pushing harder than I've ever pushed in my entire life in a way that exhausts the rest of my entire body, but makes it feel like somewhat better. Right. And so like, that's my body's just doing that. Like my body's just pushing. And so, so I just said, Hey, I feel like I need to push. And apparently this was a coincidence. I thought this is why they moved me into labor and delivery, but I think it was just a coincidence well, that they happened to have a room open at that well, point. I think, no, I think, no, I think they just were like, being nine centimeters, you saying you need to push was to them like... Well, but the thing is, is that later I got into the room, I got into the room... They had me jump from the jump. Yeah. Well, I was she already up like on the, I was already up on the gurney and so they were like wanting me to like catapult myself like <laughs> onto the <laughs> delivery bed. And and then like minutes later, someone was like, Do you feel like you need to push? And so that's why I was like, yes. oh, maybe that was a like coincidence, or it was a new person. I think person it was a different nurse though, because at that point is when they let me back in. Okay. And I think it was a different. Yeah. Nurse. At one point, I I realized that like you were there. Some lady was talking to me, and she was saying something. I don't care what she was saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so. And there was just a lot of stuff that, you know, in my, like, dream birth that was... Like, I was on my back, but I was just in to myself. Right, yeah. I was already... I was like, I am not communicating. It would be like... Like I said, if I was in another country and they didn't speak the language... And I was like, I want to go on my hands and knees. They'd be like, I don't know what you're saying. Right. So, in that situation, you would just be like, okay, I'm just going to follow your lead. We're just going to get this done. Like, it's going to be good. Um... Well, the other thing is, I feel like a lot of times when you 
do want to change positions or something, you don't actually, for the majority of women, you don't have this conscious, like, oh, I think I want to turn on my hands and knees now. And then you can, like, even say that, like, oh, could I please turn on... Usually it's just, like, your body... Right. If you have the ability to do it... Right. When you're on a squeaky squeaky delivery bed, you don't feel like you can just, like... People who aren't ready and you have IVs in your arms. It's super high. Yes. Like... Like, if you were on a twin bed that was six feet in the air, you would not just, like, be like, I'm going to fold and over now. now. <laughs> and, like, super pregnant with IVs in right. your arms. Yes. Right, yes. Yes. So I You've can't got, even, like, I would have to, like, cross the cords. So. <laughs> right. so I'm just laying there. And like I said, this is just my entire thought process. Like, and it was to the point, like, I was so in just that cycle where it would contraction contraction hurt so bad and then it was like to the point where I was almost like sleeping when I wasn't yes. having a contraction yeah. I was just like I would just relax. relax and be like okay I don't have to do that again until the next one comes but then that one's gonna end you know and eventually Georgia's gonna be here so at some point the doctor came in and was saying some stuff about a c-section um which Matthew, is Matthew okay keep in mind what Abby said that she had her within like 45 minutes of getting to the hospital right. so the level of a doctor coming in and mentioning a c-section right right just in a 45 feels, minute period well and the only reason the only reason she stopped is because Matthew was saying something Matthew was like no saying something to her I don't have like a totally great memory of the exact exchange but basically I remember the exchange ending with oh well I guess I'll check her and see where we're at and then she checked me and she could feel Georgia's head so she was like oh I guess it looks like she'll probably just come on her own (laughs) you're like oh well super huh I had no idea I've just been having contractions interesting I need to push if you had asked me at all Right? Maybe, I don't know. Like, maybe you would have been more aware of how far along I was in this process. Um, But yeah, so I felt like, so I, you know, I said that I felt like we were speaking different languages, but then I would say probably when I was pushing and everyone knew that I was pushing, because they had, they brought me into the room, they had me like jump onto the delivery bed and then they had me lay on my side and I'm pushing. So I keep like kicking my leg up. Right. Because, because you're pushing right. and you don't want your legs closed. Yeah. yeah. And they kept telling me to like put my leg down and eventually I just stopped listening to them because I couldn't. Um, and then I was like, and then someone, That's like one of the worst, most awkward feelings though ever trying to like be lifting up your leg while you're pushing. Right. Like, yeah. If you don't have someone helping you hold it up, right. it's just like, mm-hmm. ah, like I just want to cut my leg off and throw right. it somewhere yeah. and get yeah. out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, and so finally, and I don't know, like I've lost track of the order in which all these things happened in, but eventually someone was like, do you feel like you need to push? And I don't, in my mind, I was like, yeah, since I, before I got into this room, like I've been pushing, like I have done nothing but push in this room. Right. Um, and so then they were like, well, let's get you on your back. And, and for probably for the time I was pushing her out, 
that was the time where I felt like we were all like speaking the same language and there was like, okay. And you know, and I don't, I don't necessarily want this again, but it felt very good considering I felt like there was this disconnect the whole rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so at least people were, and even though I They weren't telling you to stop, they weren't saying like, right. no, 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 we're doing this instead. Right. It's they were like, like, you're saying I'm pushing and they're saying, oh, she's pushing and right. now we're all working and together even, as a and team. Even, yeah, even at certain times they were like, okay, so like at the end of your next contraction, just like push a little harder than stop, you know, and like don't push when you're not having contraction and stuff like that. Well, which I thought I was like, because I was trying to make headway while I wasn't contracting and then I was like no that's not working like I'm just gonna wait just rest mm-hmm. and relax and then I'll just like you do want when... to it feels yeah. like I just want this you to feel be like over. You, especially when they're in there and they're like moving yeah. their yeah. head and you oh. can feel it's yeah. really strange yeah but um but so she comes out the very first thing well the very first thing um, they said was like the cords wrapped around her her neck or something like that and then the midwife turned to get the scissors to cut her cord and then she just came out right so I had told myself she came out onto the bed right the doctor didn't yeah. even catch right. her because no. yes. yeah she was, she was turning turned around to get her and, scissors yeah yes um and uh so I had told myself when I, when I, several months earlier, when I was still in like m- middle of the road land and I was like, I can do it this way. But in this setting, I had, t- I had told myself that a part of my hospital birth would be them immediately giving her to me. So I knew that once she came out, I would go, give her to me, give her to me. And I told myself, like, you will just say that until you have her. Like, I don't care. Just keep saying it until you have her. And so I go, I start saying, give her to me, give her to me. And they're trying to say her cord's not long enough, even though it was long enough to be wrapped around. Yeah. And, and, uh, at the same time as I'm like trying to rip my... Gown. The gown down so that she can just be immediately skin to skin and all her like beautiful, which is super goo. normal, like super instinctual right. things. Yeah, that all her she can just be on yes. me on my chest, and as I'm trying to do that, the blood pressure cuff that they have me on starts going off, and we're talking about a heavy duty one that like makes your arm go straight, and so I go take this off. I'm going simultaneously. I'm saying give her to me, give her to me, and I'm going. Can you take this off? And the nurse like backed up and like looked at the doctor and I was like take this off and she and the doctor was like well we really need and she started talking and in an in a second, I thought, what do I need to say to relieve the hospital of liability and to get them to take this off? And so I just threw my arm up in the air and I said, I do not consent to having this on me right now. And so, and Matthew goes, take it off of her! And yells like across the bed at this 
Poor nurse. She's making it sound very sweet and mild. It was, it was a little more intense. <laughs> this was not the story I was getting from Abby. Who no. was well, you tell. You tell that From part. my perspective, you were, like, in your own, like, labor land, not dialoguing with anyone about yeah. anything. And as soon as she comes out, you're like, give her to me, give her to me. I do not consent. I do not consent. I'm saying it all the times. And you're like, be like, take it off, take it off. I do not consent. And Matthew's right. like, she doesn't consent. And I'm just like, where did this come from? I thought the doctors we were, like, and nurses are like, yeah. Oh, to get it off her. She okay. wasn't even talking to somebody. Right. Yeah. Right. And I don't know if they just assumed that because I was in labor land that I was having in some sort of physical distress because of my, my blood pressure had gone up uh-huh. right. or whatever. But never for a moment did I experience anything abnormal. I have right. told my birth story to multiple people and never at any moment did they ever say like, oh my gosh, it sounds like you were close to... Having a seizure. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What I experienced was incredibly normal and I don't know if it was just because I withdrew mm-hmm. that they just assumed that something was like not okay with me or whatever. Um, but yeah, I had t- because well, I had trained what makes myself... you think that they think something wasn't okay? I think they just wanted Well, because the they just... Yeah, because of the numbers, but I, feel I think like they that's just... just assumption that's just what they're used to at that point like if they have you on if if they're watching your blood pressure that's and the timer goes off for the blood pressure to go off their typical standard isn't like oh the baby's here now we should try to make every accommodation possible to keep like it's very much more about like well if it interferes with their bonding you know, it's we just need, a blood we, pressure read. Right. Just, yeah. It'll be just a minute. Just hold right. on. Well, I think, and I don't know if that's why they were like surprised when I, but I had trained I myself. I don't think the majority of people actively make that big of a switch of like, right. I think they Going thought, from silence I think to... the silence and the withdrawn, I don't think they thought something was wrong with you. I think they just thought like, oh, she's uh, not fighting com- us. You know how yes. you said that like, you felt like you were all on the same team for pushing. Yeah. They probably thought that right. too. Like, yeah. okay, we're all doing this together. Right. She and... stopped being crazy, guys. <laughs> yes. No, she's like listening when <laughs> she we tell came her to the just hospital. push a little bit. Yeah. And stuff. Right. She's listening I to like, us. Yeah. I remember being like, like gasping yeah. when you did that yeah. only because it just felt so out of character from what like we just witnessed. Which I think, so when I think about it, <laughs> it should say, I hope I don't have to explain why you should want an experience where you don't have to go, give her to me, give her to me, give her to me, give her to Uh me the moment she comes out. Because I didn't, I mean, I enjoyed that moment. It didn't, having interventions doesn't change the relationship you have with your baby, but that's not, I had to train myself to ask for her immediately, I couldn't go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. I had to immediately go on the defensive because mm-hmm. as soon as she was out, we were all speaking a different language again. But and I had to protect her again. I mm-hmm. think one thing that is important to note that I don't have the data of how often this is the case, but just as much as you said give her to me give her to me and they gave her to you and you said I right. don't consent they they're in a much better position to clamp her cord right. cut it and whisk her away right. even if you're saying give her to me over and over right. I've watched it happen on yeah. birth videos where a mom is like where's my baby where's my baby I want my baby where's my baby over and over and right. over and they don't even 
like the baby is off and it doesn't matter and so yeah i I think i i mean you say i would have yeah but that's (laughs) the thing you're in this position your legs are up in stirrups like you've got your cord hanging out of you you haven't delivered the placenta if they take your baby you really i mean you've got your husband who can go with but they can even yeah. and I'm not saying that that's what is like always the case, oh but <laughs> I'm sorry, I just spilled okay. a cup of water. Um, <laughs> but I think it's just important to remember that you can think you have the power to say what you want, and right. you can say what you want. That doesn't always mean that they're going to do it, listen yeah. to you, right? Yeah. And I think that's one thing that is hard to remember because you think that if you just say like. If, you, if I'm just loud enough, if I'm just, if I just speak what I want enough, right. they'll listen to me. Right. But well, yeah. And there were things that I, like, I had to, um, I had to tell the midwife, like, I had to be like, hey, can my husband cut the cord? Because she was about to just, like, do it. Um, and just things that, like, if I hadn't said anything or if I hadn't been, like, give her to me, give her to me, then by the time I got the, the cuff off, they were already, like, wiping her. And I was, like, I, like, shooed them. And I was, like, get away. Like, what are you? And they said something like, oh, we're just getting her cleaned up. And you're, like, I don't, I want that on her. Right. I don't yeah. want you to clean that I don't that want up. her cleaned. Like, right. And, um, and I guess that <laughs> me, be, me coming out of birth as this terrifying ogre <laughs> made it so that I was not as approachable. <laughs> um, in birth, apparently, I'm much more agreeable <laughs> than after. Um, but uh, They're all scared of you now. Well, yeah. So And she, like, the nurse, the same nurse, which, I mean, I have so many my postpartum care there. I had a lot of really unprofessional experiences, but um... But she at one point was like, um, the doctor just uh, wants your blood pressure. And I was like, okay. Because <laughs> I had her. Uh-huh. I had her. And it had been like 20 yeah. minutes or something. Like yeah. it had been a little bit of time. Yeah. You're like, I wasn't saying you can never take my blood pressure. But she was terrified when she came in. It was like she drew the short straw out in the hallway. <laughs> and she like was walking in. Because everyone at that point had like, like gone out the room. Because right. they were like, oh, let's get out of here. She walked in all like sheepishly like, um, so ah. The doctor sent me here. Like, this isn't just me wanting to do this. I really actually don't. She really needs to take your blood pressure. And she was, like, terrified. And you were like, okay, sure. I had Georgia, so, like, I wasn't worried once I had her. Right. Because I knew that once I had her, they couldn't take her. I think the, the problem is that... They get into their routines and their processes and their, this is what's going on. And it's easy. It's easy for any of us when we get into those types of, of norms. They're not viewing this and remembering like, oh, this is a mom meeting her baby for the first time. Like, let's shut the blood pressure cuff off and take it again in a couple of minutes when, like, she's clearly doing okay. Right. But, like, how about when she's not being stitched up? We'll just take it off of her then. Right. We we don't really need it to be on her while she's 
being stitched inside. Right. Like, hmm, you know, but no. Um, well, and I just, you know, I, and it was, it was all great. Georgia was there and that's all I really cared about. Um, I hated being in the hospital afterwards. And like I said, I had a few very unprofessional run-ins with people either just from them. Like you said, like they do it all the time. So either just being inappropriate, like me trying to use the restroom for the first time after I had her and the nurse standing there being like, did you go? Did you go? And then, like, doing some stuff in the bathroom and being like, did you go? And I'm, and there's a, so to go to the bathroom, you have to relax. But when you're in, when your body's in pain, it tenses. Yes. And when someone's asking you over. In the bathroom with you. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, and she is your buddy from before that you scared with all the blood pressure (laughs) monitor talk. Um, and yeah. uh, So, you know, it, it was just, uh. We were very ready to leave the hospital. Um, My stay there is another reason why I don't really want to go back Mm -hmm. there unless I need to, you know. Um, But yeah, I mean, that was pretty much it. Is there anything from your perspective that... I I mean, I I I was told that I had a small uh, placenta... Because women with preeclampsia have a pl- have small, pl- and but I was it like, wasn't small, right? It wasn't small, and also mm-hmm. I'd had it, preeclampsia for like a day. Oh, a, yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so I was like, did it shrink? <laughs> no, that, and it wasn't even small. I feel right. like they were trying so hard to like fit you into their right. stereotype and make sure you right. knew that they were right. Right. Like, even though, will, even though. They had still yet to call you for their right. for your induction. Right. Like yeah. they've still at this according to them, you still wouldn't have had your baby. Right. Yeah. Because they were full. Right. Even though it was a medical. Well, and emergency. so that's I think that was my being there is really what revealed to me that you are like we're we this whole time even in the last episode we talked about how you get put on this spectrum of people who have everything from a very mild case of what you're on uh-huh. to the very severe but you get treated however your file mm-hmm. presents right so she came in and i had had preeclampsia for one day and in her mind it was like oh, well, that's why your placenta was small. Right. Um, And it was like, oh, well, but it wasn't small. But she saw it as small because she had read the words preeclampsia. She didn't, and it didn't matter, like, it didn't, it didn't matter when it had happened. It didn't matter what my blood pressure was. It was that. Yes. It didn't matter where I was at in the process. It was just like, oh, well, she has high blood pressure and she has preeclampsia. Right. And so... You also had gestational diabetes and had your giant... Yeah, my huge, huge baby, which they, at one point, were like, oh, it looks like she's getting bigger. They made that comment, and I was like, oh, is this another battle I'm going to have to fight? But the point is, is that I had a real issue with just being that, like, chart. Mm -hmm. You know, like, they, she didn't, this nurse in particular, she really didn't care about me. Mm -hmm. She just saw... And, I mean, you're right. The whole time that one nurse was in there, she was constantly trying to be right. Mm -hmm. She made statements, comments about all kinds of little things, about certain vaccines and all this stuff. And 
And she was just not my favorite nurse I've ever had. Um, But that... And that's another thing to bring up about going to the hospital is that if you establish a birth team and you're staying in your own space at home you're inviting people you called abby and said can you come now Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're inviting the people in who you feel comfortable with and who you trust and know when you go into the hospital setting like you said the midwife you got was the one you didn't even rotate with during your pregnancy And you have no control over the other people who are going to be around. Right. The nurses. And I still had a doctor at my never birth who yeah. I have never met. I don't even, I never even saw her. I don't even know what she looks like. Yeah. By the time I met with the doctor, it was like the next day and that lady had it's left. A different doctor. So like, and I had a horrible experience with that doctor too. Like, I don't know. I, just, I guess it's just, I don't know if it's just because I was like the problem child that didn't want to immediately offer her up for every little thing um but i'm sure I, that didn't help but yeah it, it's kind of like you're saying though there's how how do you establish a relationship and trust and why would they really they're not they're not caring about you on a personal level because they've had no time to get to know you personally right. so yeah. They do kind of have to just treat you by well, the steps one that are right on the paper. She was that same nurse was like talking to me, and I was like, "Well, actually, there was a few times that the midwife took my blood pressure, and it was like a normal blood pressure read." And she was like, "Oh, was that us or your home birth midwife?" <laughs> and I was like, "And this was not Christian of me, but I went, it was you." <laughs> It was not it was not okay, but I just felt it was very patronizing the way that she assumed that my home birth midwife would would misread my blood pressure on purpose just so that I could stay home. Right. Like, (laughs) okay. I was like, it was you guys. It was the medical team. Like, let's, let's, but I know we're all using the word midwife right now. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I just really, um, and you know, I'm not saying that everyone's hospital stay is going to be how mine was, Mm -hmm. but I had a very, but that's where you don't know what it's going to be like. And you don't know who you're going to be surrounded by. Well, and like one day. I had a doctor hounding me to do some stuff and Matthew and I agreed like we didn't want to do it and that doctor stayed in the room and was like yelling at us and basically trying to make us change our minds there was a nurse that was in the room at that time that like apparently chewed that doctor out later and was like those are Georgia's parents you cannot force them to do anything and she she was at least like she was there to be a witness to the actual event she was there to mediate even though I didn't fully agree with everything she still wanted us to do the thing right you know but she also but, knew what your that this was your child and your rights to right make these decisions and so she like kind of cleared that situation i also had a situation that was very scary and um there wasn't another nurse in there to like mediate the situation it was me and a pediatrician and right. Matthew right and it was like I have never in my life had to console a doctor when I was in a hospital 
as a patient because his feelings got hurt because my husband didn't know he was a doctor. Oh, like, yes, I remember this now. And so, and it was just like, you know, because some people would say like, oh, well, you were being extra, you like, you were scrutinizing just a little bit more because you already had these preconceived notions. Uh, no, we were threatened with the Department of Child Services for doing nothing, nothing. He like, he walked in and practically said it. And then he got his feelings hurt because my husband didn't know he was a doctor. And didn't he and say I, something like the pediatrician said or something? Well, he, but it was so like a he was one. the pediatrician, right? He but, was trying to make us stay later, right? But and, didn't Matthew like miss, like yeah. said like a different? Well, he was he was like, it was like Matthew on one end, then me, then the pediatrician came in the right. door, and Matthew was like reading. So when the guy came in, he didn't hear him say, "I'm Doctor So and So, I'm the pediatrician," and so when I said, "Can I? Can we get somebody else in here to like?" be here or mediate the situation um because you just said dcs and now i'm alone in a room with you and you can pretty much say i said whatever and so he matthew said like can we get a a can yeah can we get a doctor in here is what he said right but he didn't know he didn't know that 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 man was was a doctor doctor. yes um he was just george's doctor because we had only met my doctor did it help the whole situation that was occurring yeah because he i had to like i he he wouldn't stop talking and i'm pregnant and like half naked and no trying to nurse or no i'm I'm <laughs> newly not pregnant. Yes. Um, and yes. have a brand new baby. And I've been uncomfortable for a day and a half. And we wanted to leave. And they were trying to say we couldn't leave, even though everything was fine. Um, and I had to, he was like, he was talking so loud that I couldn't say anything except for to yell, shut up at him. Oh. I said, shut up. That was a misunderstanding. My husband didn't know you were a doctor. I had to console yeah. the man. Yeah. I had to I like clear up. Console them by telling him to shut <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't. He, you know how, like, in the old movies, when someone's being hysterical, you, like, slap them across yeah, the face? Yeah, shut! That was, like, the only way I could get him to stop talking. Because yeah. I was, like, looking... At one point, I was looking around, and I was, like... Am I in crazy land right now? <laughs> I was like, I just had a baby. I am your patient. You are a professional. You went to school for a decade over to get your feelings hurt in a professional situation. Where there was a misunderstanding. And I just had a major physical event. <laughs> I'm in a, like, I'm in pain. I'm sleep deprived. My boobs are leaking. Right. Yeah. And you're... Stop. Like, why are you doing this? I don't know. Okay, anyway. But you got a nurse in there. And you you ended up patching things... Yes. Up. Yes. A a bit. I had to also make sure that we reconciled with this doctor. And partially because I didn't want to leave it, like, the insanity that it was. But also, I was like, I don't feel like him, at the end of the day, being like, hmm, maybe DCS does need to know about this family or whatever. And we left. We got out. And it was the best moment of my life. And if you, I mean, if you uh, don't want to go to the hospital to have your babies, I'm right there with you. <laughs> and, I don't, and I know that, like, I think a lot of what people can do is they get caught up in just hearing about 
the stories and like the anecdotal evidence from specific people. And at a certain point you do have to say like, well, I can't just go like, oh, well, one of my friend's babies was born without an arm. So like, what if that happens? You know, like, you know, like you can't, there is not, you don't need to use stories to like create a bunch of unnecessary fears. Mm -hmm. But you can use a collective of similar stories to decide like what your experience is going to be like. Right. Um, And I didn't, I honestly, I did not make the decision to, um, to not want to be in a hospital from the get go. Like Mm -hmm. I, I wanted it to be more like home, but in a hospital type, you know, Mm -hmm. that middle of the road thing. And, um, I like I wanted it to be that way because I had witnessed a home birth mm-hmm. and I felt like my body would know what to do. It wasn't because I heard all these horror stories about women going to the hospital and X, Y, and Z. Um, well, I can I can tell you too that that sentence right there is what is the problem is that you wanted a home birth because you a home birth feel in the hospital you knew that your body knew what to do you wanted your body to be able to just work and do what it needed to do in the hospital and that's the that's kind of going back why you can't have this it's very difficult to have a middle of the road type of thing because they don't view the process of birth right that way yeah now i know that it it unfortunately doesn't exist so i mean i very clearly remember telling chip like if i go back to the hospital to have babies i just need to do it their way because i similarly to you i started out with my first baby just doing whatever they said and it went well i had i had consequences on my body and recovery and things from that Mm -hmm. that were not great that I know were a direct result right. from the choices I made to get epidurals to hapitocin to all of those things there were definitely consequences from all those things but because there wasn't the emotional strife with the oh my laptop's gonna die <laughs> I was like they're all looking staring at the computer yeah, because I'm I like, did notice the 5% in and my charger not in here like, monkey with some cords at the beginning and Anyway, oh, that wasn't to do that. Oh, okay. But my charger's not even in here. So I was like, I hope we can wrap this up before I can anyway, save this. Anyway, I tried to do the middle of the road more mid, mid-births, mid like right. my right. fifth and sixth babies. I was trying to do right. the, like, as natural as possible. And, like, I trust that my body can do this, but at the hospital. And it just doesn't, it just, they don't mesh. Yeah. Right? It's not a place to do Hopefully that. Hopefully one day... It'll exist, but it just doesn't exist at this point. Right. Um, But yeah, that's the story of uh, how Georgia came to be. Georgia. Georgia Um, Summer. And she's fine, and she never had... She didn't have issues, and we're good. You never had seizures? No, I did not. Um, But yeah, I was... I don't know. Are we, like, wrapping up our final thoughts? I mean, we're we trying done? to just because <laughs> we're getting down there. I think the big thing I learned is that you're responsible as a parent mm-hmm. when you know you have a kid. Uh, so, like, Even in when you're drill. pregnant, yeah, mm-hmm. you, right. you need to be able to take responsibility for the decisions. For sure. And I'm not saying... 
you, if you did it differently, then you aren't. Like, but the point is, is that whatever decisions you do make, they should be your decisions. Right. Yes. Um, and um, that you should have people around you that you trust to make the call. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you will spend a lot of your pregnancy dealing with fear, partially because fear, I think, gets sort of inflamed by the medical community, but mostly you find yourself um, being fearful because you're a sinner and you need to confront your fear and uh, right. not be anxious. Yeah. Yep. All right. Great. Great final thoughts. I'll let you know what I learned on the next one. We'll see. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Is it? Okay. <laughs> Let's save this before we don't. All right. It's gone. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.